Welcome to Mindful Creatives, the podcast. Earlier when I started doing magic, even when I was younger, if I screwed up, mm. I, would, I would panic, right? So many things can go wrong. Yeah. And I think when we're not grounded, when we're not, you know, mindful, mm. our anxiety is only big to us because we're thinking about that, right? Yeah. I'm your host, Kim Tran Flores. When life seems to go too fast and your thoughts overwhelm you, Perhaps it's time to slow down by giving your attention to the present moment. Justin, welcome to today's episode of Mindful Creatives. Lekshu, how are ya? <laughs> nice to have you here. Thank you for having me. I want to start. Can you share with me three words that describe you? Chaotic, nah. <laughs> it is right you, like you, you laughed and you, you, you reacted to that too quickly. So yeah, I'd probably say chaotic. Um, chaotic, caring... Um, look, my friends say I'm funny. I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like, I'm funny, but you know, you're laughing right now. So I'll take that. Well, I would have added it. I would say funny and I do consider myself your friend. I hope yeah, you, yeah. you do too. I would actually also add in magical. Okay. I'll yeah? take that. Like, I'll take that. When, when, when I come across you, you do have this aura about you. Well, thank you. Thank you You are, am I correct in saying you are a magician that specializes in card tricks? Correct. Correct. You know what's funny, Kim? Like- I don't actually ever consider, I've never considered myself a quote unquote magician. Mm -hmm. So in terms of like pursuing the magical road and uh, linking up with other magicians in the field, I am like, oh look, I don't want to downplay my skills or abilities, but I'm very new to the world. Mm. I would say I'm more of an entertainer Mm -hmm. that specializes in card magic. Yeah. I only call myself a magician because it's just easier to explain. Yeah. Like it's just, I can't, I can't be bothered going, yeah, I'm an entertainer, it's yeah. just being, it's so much easier saying I'm a magician. Mm. And then when I get recognized out, when I'm out, you know, in the area, people are just like, hey, magic. Like, it's, yeah. I swear to God, like that's, that's how people know me as like, they will literally, I don't know why they talk like a caveman. They'll yeah. just be like, magic. So that, <laughs> that's all they're, they're honed in. That's legitimately, that's, that's how I get addressed. So I'm just magic. <laughs> I actually, um, I found you through your, your, your videos the songs that you would rewrite right ah. so the, the, the famous one is the, the about the area and oh, anyone yes. that we talk to we know who, who the area where the area is yes, right yes and it was that creativity for me that really sparked my interest in you I actually found about your magic or your card tricks entertaining afterwards yes what led you into kind of creating these songs and <laughs> <laughs> okay um I don't know. I've actually been doing this from a really young age. Mm. You know, Weird Al Yankovic? Yes. So every time, like the song, Right and Dirty, White and Nerdy, <laughs> yeah. uh, my friend Daniel and I, we used to love that song. We were in like year seven at the time. And when it came out, like we just loved it. We wrote our first parody when we had an English assignment. Mm. Like, I don't I can't remember what the assignment was for, but we did a parody of My Love by Justin Timberlake. Yeah. And it was called My Glove. Mm. So you know how the lyrics is like, oh, if I wrote you a symphony, what would you do? Yeah. <laughs> the, the other one was, if I slapped you continuously, what would you do? <laughs> it's dumb. Um, but yeah, from a young age, I just I just loved rewriting songs, making parodies because, yeah, you know, they were fun. Mm. And I wrote that as a way to get, get over the boredom of COVID. Yeah. So I think um, that was, I can't remember if that was the peak of COVID or mm. that was just coming into COVID, but I had a lot of this like, energy mm. 
I don't know if it was creative energy or just energy that had to be put out yeah. and just and just like I had to do something with it. So that was my outlet. Nice. Yeah. I, I find that a lot of people during COVID had a lot more time, right? Because we mm. weren't allowed to leave the house. We we had a lot more time to to work on our own creative interests. I know for you though, with your your card trick, and I've come across your story, and I'd love for you to share is your story as to how you picked first picked up a deck of cards and why it led you to you know to to that world of card, card entertainment. Card, okay, um, there's two stories that I tell people, both of which are true. Mm. The first one, <laughs> so I remember when shuffling was a big thing, like, you know, the, 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 dance, the, the shuffle yeah, dance yeah, where you like, yeah, rave, yeah, the rave days. <laughs> I tried to learn how to do it. I couldn't do it. I have two left feet. So I was like really unco. So I literally got a deck of cards and I would like to the beat of a song, like, you know, the song black is back is yeah, black yeah. is back. I, I used to get the cards and go, yeah, it was yeah. freaking lame. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, guys, I'm shuffling. So, yeah. so lame. But um, no, the, that, that was reason number one, which is a real reason. But the real actual reason was my brother who was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, mm. uh, which there's a three year difference between us. So he's 18, uh, he was 18, I was 15 at the time. Yeah. He was sitting his HSC year. And when he got diagnosed and when he went through his first episode, um, that was when I encountered anxiety, mm. but I didn't know what it was. Mm. And back in that, back at that time, I think, you know, at that age with, it, there was no real talks about it or there wasn't as much information accessible to us yeah. as it is, as there is now. Um, Mental health was not something that was widely spoken about, especially in our, our community in, of correct. Asian community, right? In Asian communities, um, yeah, mental health was not spoken of. There was no idea of it, it didn't exist. My mum and dad, dead ass, thought he was having like a, like a like a demon possession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They brought out Buddha's beads. They yeah. tried to put on his head. Tried to flick the like exorcisms. water on him. Yeah. They were just like, I command you. Yeah, it was it was it was like it's very eye opening. Mm. Um, but so what happened was to your original question, we went to Royal North Shore Hospital. That was where he was admitted. Yeah, and um, yeah, I had so much anxiety. Mm. I have always been a very fidgety person. Like mm. even right now, I'm, I'm moving a lot. I'm gonna watch back this video and be like, <laughs> like why, am I, why am I twitching? <laughs> why am I doing so much movements? I just yeah. can't sit still, right? But no, I was like that tenfold. So I was just like, yeah. so I remember just going down to just the dollar shop, getting a pack of cards mm. and just learning how to shuffle. I learned how to do the bridge shuffle. So you ever play 13? Of course you do. Yep, yep. I always, I was so fascinated with yeah. that because it just looks really cool. Yeah. And I remember getting the hang of it and learning it and it just kept me so focused. Like yeah. I would spend hours of the day in the hospital waiting or yeah, waiting by my brother's side mm. and just learning how to shuffle. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. It kept you in the moment. It kept you present. 100%, there. 100%. Like yeah. if I wasn't focused, mm. one little slip up, the whole, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but yeah. you know, when you do a bridge shuffle, yeah. if you don't get it correctly, the cards can go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you have to be focused and you have to be in the moment. Mm. And that's what I learned from that age. Yeah. I didn't know that I learned it, yeah. but it started from then. You found an anchor to, to, to help not just calm your anxiety, but also to keep you present and in the moment. Kept yeah. me present in the moment and I also channeled yeah. a lot of that anxiety and, um, you know, what's it called? Just 
restless energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can relate to you. I'm quite a fidgety person too. So for me, it's it's like doodling on paper, writing, or you know, just scribbling. So I, I can really relate to that. And my next question is, you continued that that card fascination with card and what led you on to besides just shuffling learning to do like sleight of hand mm. and, and, and was there kind of a point in your life where you're like you know what I need to do something more with this and yeah yeah so after the bridge shuffling I just got crazy like dopamine hits I became like a junkie yeah. and I just needed to chase the next high yeah so I was like <laughs> I, it was just the gateway drug I was like what's what's next after mm. shuffling and then I was like okay I'll learn how to cut cards. Yeah. So I actually bought a deck of cards now just to, <laughs> just to you know, just to yeah, yeah. Ha- have a bit of a visual, um, visual aid. So I learned how to do this, yeah. which is called card cutting. Yeah. And just something like that. Whenever I try to explain to someone and I'm like, yeah, man, it's really easy. Mm. But I realized for the first, like for someone learning this, yeah. it's not that easy. And how I try to, how I would try to explain it to someone learning from the new, like for the first time, I'll do it with my left hand yeah. and I'll realize it's, it's really hard because I'm not left-handed. Yeah. So that's what it's like learning card tricks for so the first time. You're tapping what's called the, uh, what we call the beginner's mind. Yes. Right. So we've, we've kind of gotten to a place where we've, it's become second nature to us. Yeah. You sit there and you shuffle a deck of cards. Yeah. You don't even realize, but someone's sitting there like, how did he do that? Yeah. Right. So you, and then for you, so you to tap into the beginner's mind, you switch to using your left hand. Correct. Yeah. It's like the it's like creating neural new neural pathways in your brain, yeah. like brushing your teeth yeah. with your left hand. Yeah. Essentially, from card cutting, I learned how to do basic magic tricks. Yeah. So magic is divided up um, into two categories. Well, there's mm. probably more categories, but the two main ones are magic, which is illusion, sleight of hand, performance. Yeah. And then you have cardistry. Cardistry is the art of flourishes doing mm. really cool stuff. So like, I don't know if you've ever seen, but when a magician goes, yeah. just doing, doing yeah, all pulling these cool, the pulling all the this stuff and really cool videography. And I think this started in the nineties. Yeah. Um, it started in the nineties. It got really big in like the, the 2010s. Yeah. And then when YouTube just went like crazy yeah. and people started getting better cameras, better, better editing, better the technology. Fact that they could access the, the, the videos and the and, information. And everything just just blew up so yeah. cardistry is huge um nice. yeah i got i've got a um a question i've always kind of been keen into knowing right you as a, a, a magician entertainer mm. your job is to entertain Correct. right yep. to walk into a crowded room yep of people and l- let's put into the perspective of a, a corporate environment everyone's there networking and chatting yep is it nerve-wracking to kind of be able to walk up to people and interrupt them in a sense to, to have to be like, hey, like this is kind of what I'm getting paid to do. Watch me. It, it is it is nerve wracking. Um, what I've learned over the years is learning how to read the room. Mm. So if two people or multiple people are engaged in a conversation, yeah, I'm not going to interrupt the conversation mm. because if I do that, it's it's just going to start off with bad rapport. Yeah. Like who is this guy? Yeah. I don't care if he's getting paid to do this. Yeah, like. Yeah. I'm having a nice conversation with someone. He's just interrupted us. Mm. So what I'll do is I will single out my targets <laughs> or yeah. people that yeah. I want to show the magic for. Because what I've learned as well is that magic builds momentum. Yeah. Um, if I see someone that's by themselves or someone, maybe two people or people that are on their phones, mm. look a bit shy, look a bit awkward, they will probably be my first targets because yeah. they need that engagement they need that you know spark to just be lit up so yeah. I'll, I'll go to them 
And through their reaction, it creates this kind of domino effect. It's, it's just energy, right? Yeah. People They'll, see it. People see, see it. it. Someone will, will come along. They'll yeah. bring their friend. And then, like, by, by then, you know, we've got a crowd. Yeah. And then once that crowd becomes, like, wow, like, then other people are just like, oh, what's yeah. this going on? And that's when they'll be like, oh, we want to see something. Yeah. As opposed to me just going up and abruptly and just, and just interrupting them. Mm. Like, I, I find that over the years, like, that's one of the biggest things I've found um, very helpful yeah. as an entertainer or magician or whatever you want to call it. I've, I've seen that from a different perspective. It's like being present in the moment and analysing what's happening around you to mm. read the room because yeah. if you're a million miles away dealing with your nerves and stuff, it, it's really hard to be there and I think, okay, who can I pinpoint? Who can I target mm. to reach that? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thanks for that. I remember seeing a video of yours and you screwed up a trick in an environment where you're the professional who's not meant to screw up, mm. who's not meant to get anything wrong. Yeah. For me too, like, you know, presenting, there are moments where I lose my train of thoughts and it, the nerves hit and then I, I start to panic, right? <coughs> How do you deal with the panic? How do you reground yourself into that moment and so that you can continue, continue delivering? Earlier when I started doing magic, even when I was younger, if I screwed up, mm. I would, I would panic, right? Like, I'd be, fuck, like, yeah. I, I screwed up. Yeah. But if you do that, you, you, you draw more attention to the screw up. Mm. If you so casually ignore it. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's, it, I, I say that, like, I, I make it sound a lot easier than it is, like, even in my performances now. Yeah. And maybe it's an ego thing. Maybe I'm just like, oh, I've been doing this for so long. How can I screw yeah. up something yeah. so easy? Mm. But in the real world or in a live setting, so many things can go wrong. Yeah. And... I think when we're not grounded, when we're not, you know, mindful, mm. like our anxiety is only big to us because we're thinking about that, right? Yeah. If I'm doing a trick that maybe 90% of the people haven't seen before, mm. they're not going to know what to screw up or what's, um, what's supposed to happen. Yeah. I know this because I've done this, you know, a hundred times. Mm. So I know the routine of how it's supposed to go. That's what it's taught me is to improvise, yeah. adapt, overcome. Yeah. I don't know. It's, <laughs> I, just, I just thought I could throw that in somewhere. No, but essentially we'll like- you on that. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's just um, if I don't make a big deal of it, no one's going to make a big deal of it That's because right. they don't know what the hell's going on. Mm. And if someone points it out, I can just laugh. Or yeah. I, you know what's worked as well? Me just being accountable and just be like, yeah, I mm. fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is why pencils, this is why people, this is why pencils have erasers on the background because yeah. people make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. So I'll make some stupid ass joke like that and then they'll be like, <laughs> show us your next trick. Mm. And then we just go on. Yeah. And that's actually, um, that's actually what I noticed in your video and I wanted you to share it because I noticed that you took that route of, okay, I owned it. Yeah. Whatever, it's funny. Let's move on from it. Here's the next one. Or let, can I try it again? Yeah. You know, or intentionally I screwed it up yeah. for you so you can see that I do make mistakes too. hundred percent. And as a magician, there are so many techniques of you can go into another routine or mm. there's just so many ways that you can overcome. Yeah. The worst, the worst thing to do is to be frozen yeah. and is to beat yourself up because yeah. that's when people start judging and being like, oh, you know, he's actually not that good as he mm. makes himself out to be or they're yeah. not that good, whatever. I love that. Thank you. I know for you, you do quite a lot of, you've got a lot on your plate. You're juggling quite a lot. How do you find time to kind of make time for yourself or when the anxiety starts to hit? Do, do you still suffer from anxiety? Do you still have moments like that? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like I, I'm dead honest. Like I'm on antidepressants. Yeah. And I've had a love hate relationship with antidepressants for how long now? Probably the last twelve years. Mm. So there'll be periods where I'll be on them for about a year. Mm. I'll be off them for six months. Yeah. Be on them for two years. I'll be off them for a year. Yeah. And antidepressants are weird for anyone that's ever been on them or thinking about going on them. They're they're a double edged sword because. Look, I've been so depressed to the point where um, I had an OD attempt. And Mm -hmm. when you're so depressed to that point where things that should be helping you do not help, they they help a lot. So my doctor at the time said antidepressants, how they work, he he gave this really mad um, analogy. He goes, depression is like you're drowning. Mm -hmm. Your head's underwater. Antidepressants, what they do is they lift you up. So your head is above water. At least yeah. you can breathe. Mm-hmm. You're just treading. It's up to you to decide if you want to swim the rest of the way. Yeah. Antidepressants aren't going to help you swim. Yeah. So, yes, I have anxiety. Mm-hmm. But the older I've gotten, the more experience I've gotten, the better equipped I am at dealing with it. Yeah. If I know what's causing it, or if I have an inkling as to what's calling, causing it, I'll try to find a solution. Mm. And I have this mantra, mind, body, spirit. Mm-hmm. If one of the wheels fall off on this, everything comes crumbling down. Yeah. So for mind, if I'm not keeping my mind engaged by reading a good book, listening to a podcast, watching something that's you know mm. giving me knowledge or, or questioning my beliefs or just, or just, you know, something that's really helping me become a better thinker, mm. then that will, you know, give me brain fog and anxiety and depression. If you've ever experienced it or people that have experienced it, you'll know what brain fog is. And it's terrible because you think you're a dumbass and you yeah. think you have memory problems and it's the worst. Yeah. And then you have um, body. So that's keeping physically fit. So exercise or yeah, basically exercise. Movement, movement, movement. Yeah. Like, um, Doctors and trainers, they say exercise is <clears throat> as powerful as antidepressants. Yeah. But it comes to a point where when your depression and anxiety is so heavy to the point mm. where exercise doesn't do anything or you can't even get yourself out of bed yeah. to do the exercise, yeah. that's when you know you have a problem. Yeah. And then spirit is how connected are you to yourself and others around you? Mm. It's not necessarily being connected to God, yeah. even if you are religious in that sense. Like, yeah, yeah, that your spirit can be con- being connected to God. Yeah. But I approach it in a sense where how intuitive am I or how connected am I to what's going on around me, yeah. which is kind of being mindful. Yeah. So there's the three things that I manage if I'm feeling anxious. So if, like, if I'm feeling like, like this morning, I was feeling a bit anxious, but I was like, you know what? I had a coffee. Yeah. I had two coffees in the span of like two hours. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it's just, it's just a caffeine hit yeah. that's making my mind racing. Yeah. But if I hadn't had the coffees and I was feeling like that, yeah. I'm like, hang on, there's got to be something else. Mm. You know, am I eating correct? Am I exercising enough? Or am I, you know, not doing whatever I just mentioned? Yeah. And that's I how that. I, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Herbs or Justin Herbs. Well, actually, where, where did the nickname Herbs come from? I have to ask that. Smoke a lot of herbs now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's all right. So it's a, it's a childhood nickname by my older sister, Nat. So I've got two sisters, Chris and Nat. Yeah. They basically raised me and my brother like 
kids mm. because there's like a big age gap, 14 years. Yeah, I was an accident. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, it, how it came about was like, I did Chinese school in like year two or year three. Yeah. And we're learning about how to say our ni- name in Chinese. So Justin was Jasa Ting. Yeah. And then they basically just went from Jasa Ting to herbs. And I don't know how it happened, but it went from like Jasa Ting to Ting to yeah. sling, to yeah. ling, to slingshot, <laughs> to slur, to uh, and then it just went from like to yeah. herbs. Yeah. And then herbs was just like the final thing. I and like I don't that. know, it just sounds cute. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, self-confident. Oh, 100%, 100%, it's cute. I want to end this podcast by asking you, for those who are kind of in your situation of dealing with anxiety and depression, and, and looking for ways, or those who are on antidepressant, and like your analogy, the doctor said the antidepressants help to lift you up when you're drowning, mm-hmm. but it's up to you to, to, to sink or swim, right? What's one small thing that someone can do to kind of help keep them lifted and keep them swimming towards the shore? Baby steps. Mm. That's probably my biggest piece of advice. So when I was um, really depressed, when I mm. lost my dad, the year that I lost my dad, I felt like I'm a very social person, very charismatic naturally, you know, even as a kid, I was, I I don't, I wouldn't say I was a natural born entertainer, but I was always a kid at the parties that was like just doing dumb shit. You have that vibe. You have that vibe of, of, of just being that person that can walk into a room and light up a room. That, that was always me. Right. And then when I lost my dad, I shut down, Mm. you know, I became extremely reclusive. I didn't know who I was anymore. So I lost part of me. And mm. I think that's a big thing about depression. You just, you forget who you are. Yeah. You lose all sense of self, which is really scary because you're like, am I ever going to feel how I felt like I was before? Mm. <sighs> the biggest key is baby steps. So, you know, I was like, why am I like this? Like, I used to be able to have a conversation with someone. I used to be able to make someone laugh. I could do this. I could do that. It was self-awareness. And I, and I could barely, like I'm stuttering when I speak to people mm. and that's not me. I've never had this, but when I, and then I developed really bad social anxiety. I didn't mm. want to go out to crowds. Didn't want to go out to family gatherings. I couldn't even go and order something at Macca's. Mm. That's how bad it became. Mm. So I just, I, I, I literally just distanced myself further and it just became worse. Mm. So it's like a muscle memory thing. If you're not doing something, you're going to lose it. Yeah. I had to start from like, like start from zero. Yeah. So for that, when I say baby steps, so if you, for me, being involved in a crowd and wanting to get back to how I was, I would just start off by saying, okay, I'm going to go for a walk. I was living in Cabra at the time. Mm. I'm going to go for a walk in Cabra and just be around people. Yeah. I'm going to conquer the fear of just being around people. I don't have to talk to anyone. I'll just be in the presence because I was scared of being around people. Yeah. So I'm like, I, ha- yeah. I have to try something, right? The next thing would be, okay, I have to go to family gatherings. I don't have to talk to anyone. Just, just, just be there. I can be yeah. on my phone, but at yeah. least show up. What's that quote? Like 50% or 90% is showing up. Yeah. So just show yeah. up. Your just presence and your, your energy. Presence. Just yeah, just be there. And because like I had this like, lingering feeling of you know like i'm depressed i'm really bad like i don't want to bring others down like don't Mm. don't think like that like people that love you and support you they want you to be there even if you're not 
there mentally or yeah. whatever, just be there yeah. because being around people is so uplifting. People mm-hmm. that love you is so uplifting. And then that applies to the whole mind, body, spirit thing. I used to go to the gym, I was lifting weights, blah, blah, blah. I couldn't do this. I could barely lift myself out of bed. Mm. So how do I baby step that process? And how I did that was in my backyard. I had a really big backyard. I hated mowing the lawn because it was so big. <laughs> yeah. So I, <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm gonna walk around the backyard. I'll do one lap. Mm. And then, you know, I was tired. So I was like, all right, next day I'll do two laps. Yeah. From then, I was like, I'll, I'll go for a walk around the block. Mm. And then from then, I'll maybe I'll, I'll power walk or yeah. I'll jog. And then from that, I was like, all right, I'll go back to the gym and I'll, I'll start very small. And now I'm a freaking beast, you know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm <laughs> I've seen you lift. I look, I, look inside, I look in the mirror and I was like, man, I'm scared of that guy. <laughs> but I love that because I agree with you. Anything that you want to improve or you want to to kind of get out of and get to the next level, it takes one single step to to start the journey. Well, I've got like three quotes in mind. What is it like man who wants to move mountains starts with like one rock at a time? Yeah. Or like every waterfall starts with just one single raindrop? Yeah, yeah. Or like, no, that's all I got. (laughs) You know what? It's been a pleasure and I've, I've loved chatting with you and thank you so much for opening up and, you know, sharing your story. Thank you for being on here. You're very welcome, Kim. Thank you so much. <laughs> See, I told you I stopped. Also. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. Like, I really appreciate it. No, it, it just, anything that I can do to help someone else or help people that are experiencing the same thing, like, I, I will jump, jump to the occasion. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe to Mindful Creatives, the podcast, for more real-world advice from my guests on how to apply mindfulness to inspire creativity and improve all areas of your life.